excuse me, we're going to pick up on our Dangerous Prayers series. We've been doing this, and I really prayed, you know, God, do you want me to give a, a message that's very specific to the time? And God said, I gave you this series for this time. And today's title of today's message is to be bold. To be bold, and that's a message that you're going to see kind of how it plays out is about being out there in the world. And I want to talk about some ways that we can do that even through the coronavirus, even through the times when we're only able to meet digitally. Just want to remind you that we're praying for you. So through this series, we've went through Search Me. You know, search me, oh God. Know my anxious thoughts. Man, aren't we talking about anxious thoughts? People have been living in fear. Know the things and show me the places in my life that offend you and help me to get on the path of everlasting. It comes out of Psalms. That was our first one. Our second one was break me. Man, have you ever been broken? I know we all are broken on some level, and those are the places that we get closest to God. And then last week we said, send me. God, I want to be available to wherever you want me to go. That was the point of send me is I want to be available to whatever you have for me, God. I want to be available. This week, we're going to take that next step into make me bold. So if you've got physical Bibles, digital Bibles, whatever you, you use for Scripture, we're going to be in Acts chapters 4 and 5. We're going to actually cover a couple chapters today of Acts. We're going to look at, in the beginning here, two apostles, Peter and John. These were two of the closest people to Jesus. And this is after Jesus had died. He rose again in the birth of the church. That's what we're going to be looking at today. And we're going to be talking about these dangerous prayers. Remember, the dangerous prayers aren't safe prayers. Safe prayers are those that say, okay, God, I want you just to keep me safe. Make sure that my bank account grows. Make sure that everything in my life makes me comfortable. Lord, keep me safe. Keep my family safe. Bless me. Bless my friends. Those are safe prayers. Those are good prayers. There's nothing wrong with those prayers. Don't, get me, don't hear me wrong. Those are good prayers to pray. But when we want to go to another level in our relationship with God, we pray things like search me, break me, send me. And today, give me boldness. And that's what we're going to talk about. This whole story actually begins in Acts chapter 3, believe it or not. And I'm just going to give a quick summary. Peter and John were heading to the temple for the 3 o'clock prayer time. The temple, even though the Christian church had started, the temple was still the central location where things were happening. They didn't have home churches really established yet. They weren't, the gospel hadn't spread outside of Jerusalem. So Peter and John were going to the temple at three o'clock to pray. It's prayer time. Kind of like what it's going to be for us, 7 a.m., noon. We're going to go gather together and pray. So they were physically going to the temple and they were coming to the gate known as beautiful, the beautiful gate going into the temple. And there was a man there that had been crippled for 40 years begging at the gate. Because when you had a disability, when you were crippled, you had no way to earn an income. You basically, the only way you could earn an income was to beg. So you'd go to the temple where people had to go, where they were going to go, 
And you're going to hope that the generosity of God, that they're going to give you some money to live on for that day. That's what they were doing. So Peter and John are walking up there, and this man is sitting here. He goes, hey, can you spare me some change? And I'm paraphrasing. Can you give me some money? And what did Peter and John say? They said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. And they extended their hand and said, get up and walk. Man, that set everything on fire. Because here's this guy that people have been passing for years, maybe even decades, probably giving money to him that all of a sudden can walk. He's jumping around and people are praising God and he's in the, it's just created this entire commotion. And so we're going to pick up with that in uh, verse 1 of chapter 4. Again, that's in chapter 3. So if you really, this week, I encourage you to read chapters 3, 4, and 5 and you can get the whole picture of what was going on. But I want to read verses 1 through 13 of Acts chapter 4. It says, While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priest, the captain of the temple guard, and some Sadducees. These leaders were disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that, or that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, he put, they put them in jail until morning, But many people who heard their message believed it, so the number of men who believed now totaled 5,000. The next day, the council and all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Ananias, the high priest, was there alongside Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought the two disciples and demanded, By what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, Are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The man you crucified, by whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scripture where it says, The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scripture. They also recognized these them as ones who had been with Jesus. Now, Peter and John had made themselves available. They had made themselves available to whatever God had for them. So they were led to the temple, and then in the temple they preached the gospel. Basically, they said, this Jesus that you crucified is now risen from the dead. So the Sadducees wanted to kind of, they were kind of like afraid of this. They're like, hey, this cult is starting up. And the the high priest in the temple are like, we need to shut this thing down. Now, the difference between the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and we're talking about the Sadducees here, and the reason why they were so kind of disturbed by this is the Sadducees did not believe in a physical resurrection. 
They did not believe that bodies would physically be resurrected. So for them to boldly say that Jesus, that they killed on the cross, was physically and bodily rose again. And that's by whose name this man was healed. That was like a kick in the gut to them. Because their whole theology, their whole base was that nobody was going to physically be raised from the dead. But then there's Jesus. And scriptures tell us, so they were kind of upset about this. And, and they were amazed at the boldness in which they preached this. So think about it. If you're a Sadducee there and you, believe, you don't believe in the physical raising of the dead, these guys come in, they heal a guy at the gate, then they come in and say, look, you guys killed Jesus. God rose him from the dead, and it's by his name that we preach, and this man was healed. That's pretty threatening, isn't it? That's a pretty bold statement. I heard one pastor say that they were declaring war on the Sadducees. Like, look, dude, Jesus rose. You killed him. He's alive. Physically alive. And it's by his power we do these things. That's what the big deal is. See, the members of the council, they were amazed at their boldness. They were amazed that they stood up and preached these things. That's a pretty big statement. They weren't taught. Actually, Scripture is the word used there. In the Greek is the same word that can be translated as idiots. It said they were just common people. Peter and John weren't trained to be priests. They weren't trained in that line. They were fishermen. They were people that just did average jobs like you and me. They went out, they went to work, they did their thing until Jesus. And Jesus took and rearranged everything in their life and they, they went to the temple and they spoke with boldness through the power of the Holy Spirit. The people were amazed at their boldness. Because of that, the Sadducees didn't know what to do. It says in verses 21 and 22, it says, The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame or crippled for more than 40 years. It's a pretty big deal, isn't it? So they couldn't just arrest these guys or like, well, they did arrest them, but they couldn't like punish them publicly because it would have started a riot. Wouldn't you have been kind of like, hey, what, what are you guys doing here? God just healed this guy. These guys were there. They were a part of it. They're doing good things and now you're going to punish them for it? That wouldn't sit well, would it? So they released him, but here's what they did. They said they're going to censor him. Okay, we're going to let you go. But here's the thing. You no longer can preach in the name of Jesus. Just leave Jesus out of this. You go on your way. We'll be fine. We're not going to beat you. We're not going to put you back in prison. We just want you to go on your way. Be quiet. Leave this alone. And you'll be fine. So what do you think you'd have done if you were in that situation? I think some of us would have went back home and been like, whew, 
dodge that one. It's kind of like that speeding ticket when you get pulled over and they decide not to write you a ticket. You know, you're like, oh, warning, yeah. Problem is it doesn't really stop us from speeding, does it? But here's the thing, what did they do? I want you to kind of jump down to verses 29 and 30. See, the disciples did what a lot of us would do. They went back and they prayed. They went back to the other apostles. And they went back to a time of prayer. But they didn't pray, thank you God for protecting us. Please keep us safe. Help us not to end up in prison again. They didn't pray that prayer. They prayed a prayer of boldness. Look at verses 29 through 31 of, uh, of Acts. It says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats, and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word, Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. I don't know about you, but I'm, you know, I'm not sure if that was the prayer I'd be praying. I'm hoping that it would be. Whenever I read these scriptures, I always want to be that guy that sits in and that's me. It's like when you're watching like the Marvel movies or anything like that, you want to be that one, that superhero that goes in and saves the day. But in reality, we're the guy behind the car cowering going, all right, get him while I stay here. It's kind of how I envision this. I want to be the one that would pray that prayer that says, okay, God, Send me back in there with boldness. That's what I want to be. They prayed an unbelievable prayer to preach the Word of God, to be bold. These things had stirred in them to such a degree that they couldn't stop. Now this idea of boldness where would you fit in a scale of 1 to 10 of boldness in your spiritual life, in your, in your faith? I'm not talking about just being a bold person, but in your spiritual life. There would be some people that might be a little bit modest. They'd say, oh, maybe I'm like a 6 or a 7, and actually they're like a 10. Everybody knows they're a Christian. Everybody knows that they're walking with God. Have you ever met that person? I, I would love to be that person. I hope that people see Christ going through me. But then you've got the other end of the spectrum. They're saying, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I kind of keep to myself. I don't really share my faith a whole lot. Maybe I'm a two or three on that. Maybe a one or a two. That's the person that works at a job for three or four years. And the person that they worked with goes, finally finds out that they're a Christian or that they go to church. And they're like, dude, you go to church? Man, how long have we worked together? I didn't know that. I didn't know you were a Christian. I'm a Christian. And look, we're all at different places on this. But if we're going to make ourselves, if we're going to pray those first three prayers of search me, break me, and make myself available or send me, we need to pray for boldness. See, the thing about boldness is this. Boldness isn't a personality trait, although some of us have big personalities and we're just bold as it is. But boldness really isn't a personality trait. 
I am actually naturally an, uh, somewhat of an introverted person. I am not a big fan of being in large crowds. I do okay in large crowds. When I know that I'm a person that has to lead those crowds, I can step up and do that, but it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. But I'm a naturally introverted person. I'm kind of quiet, kind of keep to myself. I know that shocks a lot of you, but I really am. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that I am as bold as I am. That's what I want to encourage you with. This doesn't, some people just have a natural charisma and a gift to be able to share. And I think those are the ones that God has given the gift of evangelism to. That their lives, man, they're just, everywhere they go, it seems like people are coming to Christ and people just hear the word of God. And, and there's some people that are equipped that way. But for some of us, it's going to look a little bit different. Are people amazed by your boldness? I want to give you some things because I believe that we need to pray for God's boldness. Have you ever prayed that prayer? I actually pray this prayer quite often. Because of being a natural introvert, I pray on a regular basis, God, give me boldness today to speak. Give me boldness to act when my natural reaction is to run away. Give me boldness to step up and do what's right when all I want to do is shrink back. I pray that all the time. Pray, God, give me the boldness to speak your word today. Give me the boldness to speak into somebody's life truth, even if it's hard. So I pray for boldness. Now look, when they prayed for boldness, look at verse 31. It says, After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the Word of God with boldness. This is not a safe prayer. Now I've not been in a meeting place that shook and all that kind of stuff, but I have prayed that prayer, and God through the Holy Spirit has given me boldness. When you make yourself available, there will be opportunities for that boldness to be seen through you. There will be opportunities for you to go out, not necessarily preach a sermon. Sometimes we get confused that ministry is just preaching a sermon. It's not about standing where I'm standing and doing this. Actually, I'll be honest, one of the weirdest things to do is sit and talk to cameras. Unfortunately, we have a small team of people here this morning that makes it a little bit less. But man, try preaching to cameras. It's interesting. They don't even respond, say amen, or get saved. I don't know how it works, but it's, it's weird. But I pray that God would give me the boldness to say what needs to be said. To simply be available to what the Holy Spirit has for me. So I want to challenge you at the beginning of each of your days to pray that God would give you boldness. Pray that he will be in you. Now, I want you to jump down to Acts chapter 5, verse 18. And we're going to swear we're going to finish off our message today. We're going to skip over a little bit of the beginning of chapter 5 and jump back down. 
I want to look at verses 18 through 20 just to kind of set the tone. I'm going to give you three things in just a minute. Acts 5, 15, or 5, 18 through 20 says, They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So as we go into this, I want you to think about this. This is the second time they've been arrested in a few days. I think it's like three days had passed, something like that. I don't even remember. Pretty quick turnaround. Second time they've arrested. Here, when you pray for boldness, there's three attributes that come along with boldness that I want to talk about today. The first one is not very fun. Don't you love it when I start out my stuff when it's not going to be fun? I said that at the beginning of almost every one of these messages. I say it with a smile. It's not going to be fun. But when you pray for boldness, boldness almost always triggers spiritual opposition. Boldness almost always triggers spiritual opposition. I say almost because there are times when it doesn't. But usually it does. Now, for some of you that are always looking for a fight, you're like, yeah, bring it on. But for most of us, we don't like the opposition. You know, I believe that there is a spiritual battle that's always being waged for us, around us and over us. That the enemy does not want us to be bold. He doesn't want us to speak out. So things are going to come in our lives. He's going to allow things to happen in our lives. He's going to urge people and cause things to happen in our lives that are going to trip us up. There's going to be persecution. Jesus was very clear on that. When we're bold about our faith and take a stand for what we believe, there's almost always opposition. Just because you follow Jesus doesn't mean that everything's going to be rosy and good. It's just not. The difference is, is that God gives us a peace through those things that we can be content in all situations. And that's why these stories need to encourage us, not freak us out. But there's going to be opposition. We just need to know it. We need to understand it. For some people in certain circumstances, when they are bold for God, I mean, you go to certain countries, that could mean death. That could be being kicked out of your family. When a Muslim comes to Christ, I mean, they're basically not a family member anymore. It's a pretty big deal. Could mean get bypassed for a promotion at work. Could mean that people make fun of you. It could mean that you lose some friends. It could be a variety of things. I will make this promise to you that God is for you. He wants to give you a life of abundant joy. But you have to understand that it comes with some opposition and pain from time to time. It's difficult. You know, I think it's kind of funny. This, not the virus itself, but when we come into periods of time like this, when things that, when people can't meet together, you'd think would be like a death blow to the church, but this is usually when the church blooms. You know, in China, where they made it illegal to gather together to worship, the underground church grew huge. Because you're not going to stop God. There's going to be opposition. 
The enemy does not want you to spread the love and hope of God. He doesn't want you to have an impact on other people's lives. He, does, he wants to pull as many people away from God throughout eternity. He knows the end. He knows that he's going to burn in hell. He knows that that's where he's headed. He wants to take as many of us with it, with him as, we can, as he can. So yeah, he's going to try and mess us up. He's going to try and do that. So when we pray for boldness, we need to be ready for opposition. If you're not ready to face opposition for being obedient to God, you're not ready to be used by God. I want you to think about that for a minute. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, you're not ready to be used by God. That may be a little bit convicting, but here's the thing. When those convicting things happen, don't let that put you in a funk and go, oh, I'm a failure before God. Let that be the driving force to say, God, I want to dig deeper into you so that I can have the boldness to be available the way you want me to. It's really all in how we take this. These things, this conviction, this discipline that God gives us in this, yeah, it hurts. It doesn't feel good. It's convicting. But how we respond to it in this, we're saying, okay, God, search me so we can get all this stuff out. Break me, get me to the place where I'm available to you so I can go. That's why those first three weeks are so important is so that we can pray for boldness and be ready for whatever God has for us. Paul told us that he was, that he was content in all things. I don't have the scripture pulled up for it, but he was content in all things, whether he had little or a lot. boldness of God is going to lead to some opposition, no doubt about it. You know what? Though you have a church body, even if we're digitally together, that's going to be there to encourage you and strengthen you even in the midst of opposition. That's why it's so important that we have each other. That's why it's so important that during this time where we're socially separated that we don't distance ourselves from the people that can encourage us. I'm not talking about physical distance. I'm talking about just phone calls and those things. Encourage one another. I'm going to be sending out this week a series of videos, short one-minute videos on Psalm 34. And yes, you're going to make fun of me because I'm wearing the same shirt in all of them because I recorded the first three at the same time. Robbie got on to me, said we should have brought another shirt. It's okay. See, I, I can call myself out on those things. I can call myself out on those things. But yeah, we we're, we're going to send some things out to bring some encouragement. But realize there's going to be some opposition. See, when we're available and allow God to use us in this way, it may have opposition, but God will use this time to show up and show off. That's something Mark Batterson says that I love. That God comes in, shows up, and shows off. That leads us to this next thing. Boldness often releases God's miracles. Boldness often releases God's miracles. It's when God shines. It's when God takes it up to another level. 
All these things are about going to the next level with God. You know, I reference sports a lot, but elite athletes train and eat and treat their bodies in such a way that it takes them to that next level. Talent only gets you to here. To be elite, you've got to do the work to get you here. It's the same way in our spiritual lives. We can be Christians, but without praying for boldness, without allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to come in our lives, we only get to here. Some of us are down here. But God wants us to be moving here. And that's when He shows up and does the miracles. That's when He does the things that blows our minds. Look at verse 19. It says, But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. That's a miracle, isn't it? Would you not believe that that's, agree with me that that's a miracle? That an angel shows up and opens the jail. That's a miracle. Now, if you're reading Acts, Luke just kind of reads like it's everyday life. Think about that. If, if it happened for us today, if you were in jail and an angel of God showed up, unlocked the door and said, go, you would be posting that everywhere taking a selfie with the angel like, hey, look who just let me out. You'd be doing all of that. Saying, look what God just did. They didn't. You know why? Because when you're living with that kind of boldness, the miracles of God become commonplace. They become everyday life. We wonder why we don't see the miracles of God happening, but we're not taking ourselves to that level where we see those miracles happening all the time. I've seen those miracles even recently happen in our finances. Because when we have the boldness to follow God wherever He calls us to go, He's going to do whatever is necessary to get you where you need to go. Miracles will happen. They may be miracles in your own life or they may be miracles in the lives of the people that are around you, but when you have boldness, God shows up. They began to expect miracles to happen because they were living in that boldness. We don't expect them. I'll be honest, we just don't. We pray for them, but do we really expect them to happen? We get nervous and try to defend God because we're like, oh, but if God doesn't answer it this way, then, you know, that looks like God didn't do his job. But see, God is a bigger God, knows the whole plan, and he acts when he needs to act. He does what's best for us at whatever time is necessary. Whatever needs to be done. So when you walk in obedience to God, you won't be surprised by the miracles. It's a pretty big deal. When you walk in obedience to God, you won't be surprised by the miracles. So we have, if you're going to be bold and pray for boldness and walk in obedience to God, the first thing is you're going to have opposition. Second thing is pretty cool, though. You're going to have miracles. You're going to see those things happen. I'm going to give you a simple miracle before we move on to the last thing today. 
You know, when somebody comes to know Christ, that's the biggest miracle of them all. The biggest miracle. And that's the goal, isn't it? To have our friends and family, the people around us know Christ, to have the peace of God. The last thing leads to our, this leads to our last attribute. Boldness always requires faith. Boldness always requires faith. That's something we need to know. Verses 20 and 21, and I'm actually reading, there's like four words left in verse 19. I left them off of the last one, but it really should have been in verse 20. It says, Then he told them, Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple, as they were told, and immediately began teaching. So picture this. You've got this angel. They've been arrested twice in one week. Angel comes in, frees him from jail, tells him to go, hey, go get back out there. Go. Get back in the fight. He didn't tell him to go hide. Didn't tell him, hey, you're free. Go get someplace safe. He said, no, go finish what you started. Get back in there. Takes faith to do that, doesn't it? Because what did the, the religious leaders told him? Look, it's going to go bad for you if you keep doing this. They threatened to physically harm them. They threatened them with jail. They threatened them with death. And it takes faith to step out in boldness in that area. You see, when God's driven you towards something, when the power of the Holy Spirit's in you, you have to go no matter what. That's where that boldness comes in. That's where the power of God comes in. And we're talk not talking about rebellion or disobedience. We're talking about sharing the Word of God at all costs. And in this case, the temple was trying to crush what God was doing. The religious leaders. takes faith. The angel said, look, I know your, your life is on the line, but I want you to get back in the fight, guys. Finishes. Maybe during this time of the virus, God might start to use you in ways that take a little bit of boldness and faith. He might ask you to start an online Bible study with some friends of yours to say, hey, just to give them an encouragement. Maybe it's phone calls, whatever, to use this medium and this time to say, hey, God laid you on my heart. I just want to pray for you. One of the things that I started doing not too long ago was I, not every day, but several days a week, I just go through my phone and I text people and just say, hey, I just want to let you know I'm thinking about you and I'm praying for you, encouraging you. You never know what even taking a step like that might do in somebody's life. That can be boldness for you, especially if that's not in your character, not something natural that you do. 
This is a time when God's going to raise us up if we have faith to trust in him. See, us posting these videos online and, and YouTube and Facebook Live and all that stuff is one thing. It might be simply just you sharing the video so that it encourages somebody. When you see the videos throughout the week, it might be you sharing it. And then being open and following up if somebody comments and saying, hey, you know, how can I pray for you? What can God do in your life today? That takes some boldness. People are hungry right now because they're fearful of what's happening. You know, I was super amazed. I referenced these videos. I shouldn't be as surprised as I am, but I really felt like, hey, I needed to go record on Thursday. We posted that video on Friday morning. And yet people, like some of you from the church watch the video, some of you that have followed us on Facebook, that's pretty cool. But what really got me was the number of people outside of this circle that watched that video and commented on and said, thank you for posting. One person I grew up with, hadn't seen in probably 30 years. Well, not quite that long, I'm not that old. Hadn't seen in probably 25 years. Said, thank you, I've been so worried. I've been so afraid. I know a lot of us know that God has things in control and we live with confidence and we're like, yeah, this stinks and it's kind of annoying, but we're going to get through this. There are a lot of people that are living in flat out fear right now. Why encourage people to call, text, message, whatever you can do to to interact with others. Because when we get isolated and all we do is sit at home and binge watch TV and those kind of things, eventually that becomes very empty and very depressing. Because whether we believe it or not, we're social people. God created us to interact with other people. And even though we may not have a big circle of people that we hang out with and, and the people we interact with on a weekly basis may be pretty small, you miss that routine. You miss those people. And so people are hungry. They're scared. People are losing jobs. People at Superior Creek, some of them aren't going to be able to pay their rent because they will live week to week and if they can't work, they can't pay. So I think for many people, as scary as the virus is, the other things are scarier. And we have an opportunity to speak life into somebody else. So I'm going to keep doing our videos. If it encourages somebody, it's worth the time. I need to start a GoFundMe or something to pay Robbie for all the work he's putting in. I'm very thankful for Robbie and the work that he's putting in on these things. But they're encouragement. Now, 
when we pray these dangerous prayers for boldness, we're going to have, God's going to give us opportunities to use it. Opportunities to encourage others. Opportunities to live out our faith in ways that we've never done before. There'll be opposition, but there's going to be miracles, but it's going to take faith for us to do that. So as you pray this week, pray that God will give you boldness. Pray them and then make yourself available for whatever God has for you. Can you do that this week? Can you pray for boldness? Can you pray that God will give you wisdom in doing some new things? I'm praying that prayer. I'm trying to think of new ways to do church. Next week, we're going to step it up to another level. We've been exploring different options and ideas. We want to give you an opportunity to interact. If you're not a regular attender of Kennesaw Family Life Church and you want to be in our Zoom meetings, hit us up on Facebook. We'll make sure you have the number for Zoom. It's just a simple app. If you don't know what Zoom is, you can go to zoom.us download it. You don't have to have a membership. It'll ask you to sign up, but you don't have to do it. And even if you did, it's free. And you simply just plug in the numbers for the meeting you join in and we can interact. We can spend time together. Even if it's virtually, we can spend time together. Simple things like that are going to change people's lives. So I want to challenge you to pray bold prayers this week. I want to challenge you that God will give you the boldness through the power of the Holy Spirit to speak and act. If it brings fear into your life, it's a good time to say, God, search me and help me through this. A lot of what I do is not something I'm very equipped to do. But it's something through the power of the Holy Spirit God gives me. Pray over the people at Superior Creek today. Today's normally the day we do our food pantry. We're normally setting up this afternoon to feed 50 to 60 families. We're not able to do that this week. I need you to pray with me that we get a solution through Forever Fed so that we can get food to the people that are over there. They're working hard to figure out a way to make that happen. Actually, this weekend they were doing another extended stay with boxes, but people had to pre-sign up for them and fill out the paperwork ahead of time. Turn in the paperwork, get a box. I'm praying that we can do that same thing for the people that are at Superior Creek. And it may take a couple of us going over to Forever Fed and boxing those boxes. They have some parameters right now. Only people from the same household can work together at the same time. Just so they don't spread any more germs. So it'll only be two or three people at a time working from the same household. Look, we're doing everything we can to be mindful of the virus, to be mindful of what's there, but that doesn't mean we stop living and we stop doing things that are good. The God that created this universe can give us creative ways to share the gospel, give us creative ways to help people. 
Pray for boldness today. I'm going to pray over you. And then again, when this gets remastered and put up, share the videos. Let them be out there. Not that, it, that it's anything ego-wise for me. We just want a message of hope to go out to people. We want to encourage people. God loves us more than we ever know. He's going to do more through us than we could ever imagine. We don't have to live in fear.